Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. I want to welcome you to an online host and facilitator training. I think it's really important that anyone who is either hosting or planning to hold an event especially if the facilitator, to have an idea of what our expectations are for these calls, which we call community events. The community has grown immensely over the last nine months, and at times we've experienced growing pains, but most of it has been amazing. It's amazing because there are so many people like you who are passionate about what we do and want to contribute it in some contribute to it in some way, shape, or form. This community is thriving not only because of the people who participate in it as attendees, but because of those of you who choose to volunteer your time and energy. And for that, I am so grateful. But I also know that we're not all operating from the same place, and it's important that we do to some degree. These are lives, after all, that we are dealing with on a daily basis, and many of them are people we don't know that are coming into our community, and we have to set some standards as every event that is on our community is representative of ACB. If I could be on every one of them, I would be. Because I care so much about what happens, I want to make sure that everyone is cared for the way that I would care for them. I can't be, so I'm asking you to help me out. So let's first talk to you that are planning an event. I do have an online form that needs to be filled out at least for the first time for your event. If your event is recurring weekly, you do not have to fill it out again. If your event is recurring weekly, but you make a change here and there, you can just drop me an email at community at acb.org and let me know what the change is. If you are holding an event recurring bi-weekly, I would prefer if you would fill out the form each time. However, I do not want this to be a barrier or hardship for anyone. And if you are unable to do that, you may also email me at community at acb.org. But I need you to email me. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts here, and I don't want to forget anyone. Some of you uh, who hold events choose to do it bi-weekly, some on the first and third said day, some on the second, fourth, said day. And then, of course, those who do it monthly, I definitely need you to fill out the form each time. On the form, there are several different uh, areas that you need to fill out. First is the date and the time of the event. Next is the title of the event and then the description for the event, which is now up to 500 characters. That's a pretty good amount. 
Later in the form, there is a spot that you can put in special notes. So, for example, if you think you need the disclaimer that says that we aren't professionals and can't provide, you know, mental health support, professional help, then you might write it there. If you have a Facebook group or special link for your event and it's going to run over your 500 characters, you can sneak it in in that little edit field for your special notes there and I'll tack it on. So I don't mind doing that at all. Then we ask if you would be willing to have your event streamed on ACB radio. I will not stream any peer support calls and rarely ever unless a special occasion would I stream uh, social events. However, you can certainly mark yes or no there. And then it asks if you would like to have your event hosted on an ACB account. If you say yes, you don't need to worry about that next uh, edit field because if you say no, then you do need to worry about it. And that is where you would put your Zoom information if it's on your own account. If it is a recurring event, meaning two weeks ago you held it, you're going to hold it again, same information, you could just put same there. That will save me time. So I'd appreciate that. Next, it asks if you would, if you are holding your event on your own account, would you like us to provide you a host? I have over 40 qualified hosts and I am happy to have one of them volunteer for you. Um, either way, I want to make sure that you are providing yourself a host because here in a few minutes, I'm going to talk about the role of a host and you are going to see how important it is to have a good host in place. If you are on our account, we will provide you a host, whether you write yes or no there. doesn't matter because if it's on an ACB account, you're going to get one of my hosts. Um, I do not have the form in front of me, so I'm going by memory. Uh, somewhere it asks you if the event is recurring, if it is, you know, weekly, monthly, and so on. There's two more important things after about hosting there's two events one of a or two two spots where you need to answer yes or no if you do not answer yes to both of these questions your event will not be posted on the community schedule the first is that you understand that the waiting room feature of zoom will not be used for your event or cannot be used you say yes, we're good to go. The next one is that you've read the expectations and you would say yes. So what are the expectations? Again, I don't have them in front of me, but I'm going to just tell you that pretty much it's that we uh, ensure that our events are safe, respectful, and welcoming. And if you can ensure that, um, then you know you're pretty good to go. Safe, respectful, and welcoming. Um, some people are concerned about what about security. Uh, we do not post our events on the internet, only through email list. We absolutely need you to use the passcode feature or password uh, for Zoom 
when you set up your meeting. Make sure that waiting room is not checked and, um, and you should be golden. Okay. I need this information filled out by Wednesday for the following Sunday through Saturday week. So I work Monday through Friday. And really, I need to have my schedule out early on Friday to all the people that play a role in putting it out there. You know, Sharon records all of the call-in information on the phone system. And I need to put hosts to all of the events. And Kelly puts them up on our website. And I have to put a document together that I can send out to them. And then I have to send it out to the email list. So I need some time to put that together. So Wednesday is when I need to hear from you. This also includes if you have a recurring event and you're not going to hold the event, please just drop me an email at community at acb.org and let me know that you are not going to be holding it for that week. I really appreciate when people do that. So thank you. All right. Let's talk about hosts. Um, hosts are your security guard. They're the security of the room. Host's role also is to support the facilitator or moderator to act as a mic runner to help with those raised hands, to make sure the room stays quiet while people are talking that are supposed to be talking. You know, it's as though you invite people up to the podium and you wouldn't want people just having a conversation out in the audience. So your hosts are the ones that will mute people if necessary, will explain to people how to raise their hand using the various uh, technology uh, and how to mute and unmute. But when someone gives a person hosting privilege, that is a big deal. When I hand over the host privilege to any of my volunteers, I am giving them sole responsibility and trusting them with the security of that Zoom room. And their job is to ensure that whatever takes place in that room from that moment on is safe, respectful, and welcoming. Whether a facilitator and especially a host, when you are volunteering with ACB, when you are working within an ACB program like the community events, it is important that you have knowledge of our ACB core values. It is what drives us every day. It is what drives me every day to make decisions that I make as membership services coordinator and someone who manages this community events program. I take it very seriously. And the core values that ACB has are something I want to uphold and I want no one to be able to call into question that. And you are all an extension if you are working within our community of me and the work that we are doing uh, through ACB. So our core value, values are initiative and honesty, respect, collaboration, flexibility, and initiative. 
I will say that hosts really have to be able to take initiative. They have to know when to mute someone who's being noisy. They have to know when to remove somebody from a room who's being disruptive or disrespectful, discourteous, and any other dis you can think of, and most importantly, jeopardizing our core values, right? Remember, safe, respectful, welcoming. Uh, we have to be flexible. So uh, all of us do. Sometimes a room might get open a little bit late. Maybe a speaker didn't show up. Um, so, you know, as a facilitator, you have to punt, right? Um, maybe a host didn't show up, but there's another host out in the audience and they are willing to help you out. My hosting team knows that they can raise their hand and let you know they're available if a host didn't show up. But whoever's opening one of our accounts, uh, ACB account room, uh, they, they know who are, you know, are, are qualified hosts. Um, let's see. They need to, hosts need to be flexible because sometimes we have people that are new and maybe they don't know how to raise their hand or they're getting confused. So, you know, hosts might need to just allow somebody to talk uh, when they call on them because they've said, I can't raise my hand and they're frustrated and we don't want people to get frustrated. So we want people to feel welcomed. And if somebody's new and we start throwing all these rules on them, they may not feel welcomed, right? So we can say it in a nice way. We need people to raise their hand. If you're having trouble, you know, certainly let us know. All right. Uh, respect, obviously, you know, Goes without saying, that was a huge word, collaboration. Hosts collaborate with one another, but most importantly, when in one of our events, they're collaborating with our facilitators and vice versa. Lots of collaboration going on. We want to make sure that the event is exactly what that facilitator or event planner wanted it to be. And the hosts play a very big role in that. Integrity and honesty. Big words. Uh, really, we need to say what we mean, mean what we say, do walk the talk, all of that, right? Um, and, you know, if if there are any hosts or facilitators that aren't upholding our core values, I would hope that someone who is will share that with me. The community events are too important for us not to take all of this seriously. All right. So a host comes into the room. They get, uh, often they aren't the owner of that account. So the owner of the account comes in. They're the host, but they transfer the host to someone who in the case of ACB accounts or in some of other people's accounts will be the hosts that are part of my hosting team, but it may be your host that you've, you know, decided to name. You just want to make sure that you're giving that responsibility to somebody who really knows how to do it and understands all of the ramifications around everything that they might need to do. So they need to know how to raise hands, right? Because if we're using raised hands and there's 40 people in the room, you know, raised hands is the best way for us to do 
to acknowledge people so people aren't talking over each other. And in the early days, we used to just shout our name out and try and pick out a name and, you know, hope we heard people. It, it was not a good way of doing it. We just didn't know any better. So, but now we usually use raised hands. And I, I, I understand that there are some peer support groups, some groups that are smaller, maybe 10 people or less that may not need uh, to use the raised hands and or choose to use it. But again, that's the host's responsibility to learn that from the facilitator and to honor that wish. Where the host should step in is if things get carried away, right? If there's too much talking over one another. One of the questions I feel like I want to answer, if we were all together, you might ask this, um, why why should we care if people are, are talking over each other? We have people who have mental health challenges. We have people that have hearing challenges. And really, it's out of respect for everyone on the call that we don't just have a big, you know, talk fest and yell at e over each other. So it also just builds disarray and chaos. And it's very hard to manage a meeting if you're the facilitator and you have that kind of uh, environment. So really encourage you to, whether it's using hands, raised hands or not, um, to make sure that you have, you know, some handle uh, on the actual meeting itself and how people are interacting with one another. So to raise hands, uh, if I were doing this, I would say if you're on a PC, it's Alt-Y. If you're on a Mac, it's Option-Y. If you're on an iPhone, it's in your lower right-hand corner under the More button. And if you're on a phone with a keypad, it's star nine. To unmute yourself, and this is a toggle, so you can also mute yourself from the PC, it's Alt-A. From the Mac, it's Command-Shift-A. On your iPhone, in the lower left-hand corner, and on your phone with a keypad, it's star six. Please stay muted. And hosts do know to be able to mute all is Alt-M, as in mute. And that would mute everyone in the room, and sometimes it might even include the host or the facilitator. So you'll want to check to see if you're muted. If that happens, when we have people streaming an event, we want to keep the streamer uh, also unmuted. So typically hosts will know who is presenting. If there's a facilitator uh, that has, you know, a panel or presenters, they'll want to know that and they'll keep those people unmuted. <clears throat> unless they mute themselves, as well as the streamer. All right, let's see. Um, when you're hosting, and I am going based on the uh, layout using a screen reader, next to somebody's name. So first of all, there's some hotkeys. Alt-U takes you in the participants list. These are Zoom hotkeys. Alt-H takes you into the chat list. Um, Alt-C will start or stop 
recording to the cloud, and Alt-R will start or stop recording to your computer as the host. And again, Alt-M is to mute everyone. Those are some of the key ones that you really want to know. So let's say you go into Alt-U, you're in the participants list. It is circular. However, if you go to home, you go to the top of the list and your name is always there. So whoever you are, you are always at the top of your list because Zoom believes that every one of us is equally important. So they let us be at the top of our own list, whether we're hosting, facilitating, or as an attendee, it doesn't matter. We are always at the top of our own list. But you can arrow above your name and you're at the bottom of the list. That's what I mean by circular. But if you go to home, it goes to the top. And if you go to end, it takes you to the bottom of the list. But if you're at the end of the list, you can arrow down one and you'll be back at the top of the list and you'll read your name. So what hosts learn to do is how to rename people when we say we want to keep things safe to know and, and out of respect for people too. To know who is in the room is pretty important. So, you know, we usually will ask who has the 7169, you know, 922 in last three digits, 922 number. Who has the 206 ending in 447, whatever. So, when we go to rename someone, just beyond a person's name, so I tab twice, uh, because first it'll tell me if they're muted or unmuted, and then it says more options. You can either alt arrow, alt down arrow, or you can enter. I usually enter on more options, and um, I'll arrow up to rename, enter. Then you want to remove what's there and to put in the name. The thing is, is that it's very possible you'll enter on the wrong person. So there's a couple of ways to ensure that you don't. You can, just to the left of at least shift-tabbing back from the list, participants list, there is a search field and you can write in the first three or four digits. Now, Zoom always shows you one in front. So if you're looking up a 407 number, you're going to see 1407. So you could type in 1407 and only numbers or words with 1407 are going to turn up in your list view. And that will stop things from popping around all the time as people come into the room, leave the room, unmute and talk and so on. Things kind of move around. So if you don't want them to do that, that's the trick. Then you tab over to more options, enter, arrow up to rename, and you can feel pretty confident you're on their name. Hit uh, backspace to, to uh, remove what's highlighted, that phone number, and type in their name, enter, and the name is there. Um, you want to make sure you go back and clear what you, your search. So, uh, I always tell people to keep on tabbing. Again, that's circular as well. So sometimes shift tab doesn't put you right back to where you were. Um, and so if you just keep on tabbing, it'll bring you back to the participant list. If you can't find the participant list, a sneaky way of doing it is to escape and then do alt U again. And you should be able to find the participant list. So renaming people is pretty important. 
And um, but new hosts may not rename people because they're still learning. And that's one of the last things that people get comfortable with. So no big deal. I still think we should ask who they are. Uh, if people don't want to identify themselves, I don't think we should have, uh, we shouldn't have to call on them. So we should be able to know who is in our meetings. Um, so in more options, there are some other choices. As a host, I can make somebody a co-host. Now that is a setting in somebody's account, but in our accounts, it is, you know, we're available to do that and I can make several co-hosts and have done that when we have a big event and we want to use more than one person to help with muting. Um, there's also a few other options. One, if somebody starts to screen share, you can stop their screen sharing in more options. You can remove somebody from the meeting. That is permanent for that event. They can't come back in, at least the way they came in to begin with. And there's also an option to move someone to the waiting room. Now, there isn't a waiting room because we're not using waiting room. But if you click some on that, it puts somebody in a makeshift waiting room. And then you'll want to go back up and bring them back in. Let me just say, if you have somebody that's causing trouble and that's the first thing you come across and you can do, go ahead and do it. They're not coming back in until you let them in. So they can just kind of sit there. Um, but we want to be careful and we don't want to put anybody in the waiting room uh, just because we don't want them to be there, right? Because we should want everybody to be there. Some of the other things that a host can do is that uh, there's uh, more options for all. And in that, I don't have it memorized, but you can find things like to record to the cloud or record uh, to your computer. Also, you can lock the room. Some of our peer support calls choose to do that after a short period of time to limit interruptions and because they talk about sensitive uh, things of sensitive nature and uh, they don't want people coming in that haven't been there from the beginning. So we try to make sure that that is included in a description that people know that the doors are going to be locked. I do think that that's important. So if you are a facilitator and you are wanting to lock the rooms, please include something. And that's one of those things you certainly could put in the notes section. If you're concerned, it's going to run you over on your character limit. Uh, just say, you know, please note this room will be locked after five or 10 minutes. So. That'll work. Then there's breakout rooms. They've become really, really popular and uh, they are a lot of fun. I do them myself with one of my calls uh, on a regular basis. And that can be found in more controls or meeting controls, excuse me. And meeting controls, um, you have to escape from the that level where participant list is and you go back to the main Zoom meeting window and just tab. I think you will land on meeting controls, but it's somewhere close to that anyway. So you go to meeting controls again. I enter and breakouts is usually like arrow up and you're right there, but there's other things. That's where you'd find to go live on Facebook, on YouTube, um, and some other stuff that I don't use. So breakouts. 
Uh, I'm going to just kind of briefly go over, but when my hosts are learning breakouts, uh, we practice them. And if somebody is going to need somebody to do breakouts in one of their meetings, it'd be great if you would put that in the notes that you would like to do breakouts. I will find a host that can, to help you, well, this is if providing, you're asking for me to provide you a host. I will make sure it's one of the hosts that know how to do breakouts or I'll come in and walk them through it. So I don't want people not to be able to do breakouts, but people are all different levels. And it's one of those things that you have to do several times before you really start to feel comfortable with it because it's a little wonky. It's just clunky. I don't even, you know, there's like three layers. So when you first get into the first layer, you hit enter on breakouts you create, you're going to create um, breakouts and it's what you're in is a spot where it says uh, you'll put 36 people into one room. So obviously you want to tab to that. You want to put uh, maybe uh, nine rooms. So you have four people to a room and then you tab and you want to make sure that people will, uh, or I think that's where it says that they're automatically uh, assigned or something like that. So you check that checkbox. Then you tap to create and enter. Then you go over to, now this is the second layer and there's two key components on the second layer. One is more options or rather options and the other is to open breakouts. So you first want to go into options. This is circular. You're going to tab around to get out of it. You'll hit escape and go back to the second layer. So here to get, you go into options and you're in the third layer. And there's where you're going to do things like, um, let's see, make sure that check the checkbox that people will automatically go to the room so they don't have to click on something to go to a breakout room. Determine how long the meeting or the breakout is going to be, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, a half hour, whatever. Uh, do you want people to have, you know, 30 seconds or a minute after the meetings, the rooms close to be able to kind of wind things up? So you can choose that, check the checkbox, and then put the time amount in. And that is, a, what do you call that? Uh, it's a It's a combo box. Um, well, you arrow up and down and you have, you know, the choices of 15 seconds, 30 seconds. I think it's 15, 35, one minute and two minutes, I think. Uh, and there's also a checkbox somewhere that you want to be warned that they, that the meeting is going to be closed. And there's also a checkbox somewhere in that, in this options that asks you if, um, people can, Leave the breakout at any time. Check that checkbox because as I was reminded early on, we want people to feel safe, right? So if somebody is put in a room and maybe it's somebody that they've had an incident with, they're not comfortable with for whatever reason, we want people to feel that they can leave and that they're not stuck there and they don't have to leave the whole meeting, right? Another hot key that Zoom has is Alt-Q. It's like quit the meeting. Many of you would know that. Um, if you are the host and you're going to close the meeting down, you would do meeting end meeting for all. If you're just leaving the meeting, you just enter on leave meeting. But in breakouts, you can also use Alt-Q and there's more choices. You could leave the meeting, um, but you can also leave the breakout and that will take you back to the big meeting room. So uh, just throwing that in there. 
Now, you're in options. You've checked all what you needed to check. You've got the times you wanted to put. You hit escape. You're back in that second layer and you're going to tab till you're open, breakouts, enter, poof. Everybody is going to go to their respective meetings. There's a lot more to it, but that gives you an idea. It's, it's not something that you can just do like breakouts, enter a number like I want this many for this long, the end, right? It's not that easy. So I just want everybody to be aware of that. Um, okay, finally, I, and I feel like there's probably more things that I'm, I'm forgetting, uh, but I hope not. <laughs> um, but if you are a meeting planner and you uh, want to provide your own host, you have somebody in your special interest affiliate or, you know, your spouse or something that um, you want to be your host. If you would like them to go through the same training our Zoom hosts have gone through for the community events through ACB, please email me or have them email me at community at acb.org and I will put them on the list and I'm happy to train people whether they volunteer for our Zoom event, I mean our community events or for their own special interest affiliate, committee, chapter, state affiliate, whatever it might be. Uh, we just want to give everybody the tools um, and set everyone up for success. We want our meetings to feel safe, respectful, and welcoming, no matter if they're on an ACB account or not, and no matter who is facilitating or hosting. That is really, that is what we want. So, you know, we want people to reach out. I, I want people to reach out to me if you would like to get training. Um, if my facilitators have hung in there, some of what I'm going to now talk to you about really is for you, but hosts, you are um, part of this as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about running a meeting and our participants. So you can decide if you want to call on people or you want your host to call on people. Either way is fine. Um, your host will lower hands and, um, you know, if you are doing it you, as the facilitator, you can call on somebody. Uh, people should unmute when they're done. Uh, they should ask to mute again. But sometimes we end up with someone who doesn't have a question. They just want to share. And they might want to share and share and share and share and share. And you don't know how to stop them. And, you know, they're in the middle of a story. And they, you know, you want to be thoughtful and kind and all of that. And that's great. But when we talk about respect, we got to be respectful of everybody. You know, if it's on ACB radio, people are listening to somebody ramble. If it's in a meeting, somebody else is waiting with their hand up and they feel like maybe you don't care about what they have to say because you're letting this other person monopolize the call. And that's how it appears. It, it's, it really falls on the facilitator or moderator, the person that is running the call or the event. Remember at this point, your host is your support. So it's not their job to stop that person from talking. 
Uh, now, hosts, with that said, I think if, you know, if you see a, a moment where, and it's, you could tell that your facilitator is struggling, uh, you know, jump in there and do what you need to do. But <clears throat> uh, how I would handle it is I would say, uh, so-and-so, thank you so much. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we have more raised hands and we need to give other people an opportunity. Uh, please feel free to raise your hand again a little bit later if there's time, okay? Thank you. So there's just things we can do to kind of move on. Um, and, uh, or we can say, uh, sorry, so-and-so, did you have a question? We really just need people to stick to questions. Um, and before we start questions, we might even say something like, okay, we're going to open it up for questions. Please keep your questions brief and only one question to a person. If you have a second burning question, you can raise your hand again and get in the queue, right? Because everybody gets lined up. Their hand goes down. When they raise their hand, they pop up at the end of the line, okay? So those are some of the techniques that I would use. Uh couple of other things that are pretty serious, security kinds of things. We do not allow for personal email addresses, phone numbers, and really personal information. The kind of information someone might share with their therapist, their doctor, or maybe their spouse, right? So, some of that will be a judgment call, you guys, but really important that we don't let people cross the line. Hosts are instructed to stop anyone from providing their email or phone number unless it is a work-related email or phone number. And somebody's name at Gmail is likely not a work-related phone or email. So, um, but if, if somebody says it is, we have to take them at their word, right? So, um, we don't know who comes on these calls. We don't know who's listening in on the ACB radio or podcast. We don't know, uh, you know, we just don't know who's there. So we want to protect one another. And so please do not allow sharing of personal information no matter what. Please feel free to give my email address at community at acb.org. I've been giving it out throughout this whole recording. So feel free to give that on a call and have somebody email me if they want to get in touch with someone. A common one I get, lots of emails for people wanting the recipes from our recipe swap. I just forward that email on to Sheila. And then she's able to provide them the information they need. And I never had to give Sheila's information out and she can give it out and that's her choice. So I don't give people's email addresses out. Um, just not good practice. And I want again, keep this safe, respectful and welcoming. Uh, so that is a really important one and we really need your help with that. Uh, if at any time, Someone, something happens, somebody ended up getting booted out of a call because they started saying nasty things, um, yelling, whatever. 
it, it would be appreciated if somebody would just drop me a note and let me know what happened so that I can back you and respond accordingly. Um, I may follow up and find out what happened, especially if that person ends up emailing me and saying, I don't understand why I got removed, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, finally, I want to really emphasize ACB's code of conduct. We have a, a mechanism in place to try and protect people involved with ACB at events. And guess what? When this was written, community events didn't exist. And it is now, you know, a big deal, right? Nine months every day. So, uh, you know, we need to protect people from racial slurs, from nasty innuendos, from sexual harassment, uh, from anything being said, which could be found offensive or make someone feel extremely uncomfortable uh, or unsafe. We, we just need to be hyper aware and do our best to ensure that, you know, everyone feels safe, respected, and welcomed. So uh, that is all I have. I hope that this has been helpful for you. I thank you so much for being interested in either holding an event or hosting an event, you know, one of our Zoom hosts. Um, the goal really is just to, this has really been serving such a need in our community. We know that, right? They, they're not slowing down. We, we are holding over 300 a month at this time. This is December that I'm doing this recording and there are no signs of the slowing down. So thank you so much for, uh, stepping up and doing this. I did not touch on webinars, but we have the ability to hold webinars when an event is a more formal presentation. That's the most appropriate time to use webinar. <clears throat> and if it's something you would like to use for your event, please mark it in the notes. Um, okay. Thank you guys so much. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, all of the above, send an email to, of course, community at acb.org. My work number is 612-345-9036. That's 612-345-9036. But if you want to get to me as quickly as possible, probably the email is the quickest. Take care. Thanks.